0: Hi, welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, the podcast for women over 45. My name's Karen O'Connor. I'm a blogger, author, entrepreneur, property developer, mother of four, and I've been married for 30 years. I love health and fitness and anything creative, and I'm absolutely fascinated with personal development and psychology. Join me each week for conversations about life beyond 45. I'll have inspiring stories, lots of guest interviews and tips and tricks to hack our brains so we can intentionally and deliberately create an amazing future for ourselves. If it's your first time here, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'd love it if you share this episode with your friends on social media and let me know your key takeaways because I'd love to hear them. Enjoy and welcome to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hello there. First of all, I need to apologize for the quality of this sound because I'm actually using my headphones to try and record this and I'm in a hospital room, which isn't the most, what should we say, furnished place. It's kind of a bit empty and there's a lot of echo and you can probably also hear the rain outside because I've got the window open. So I apologise for that, but let's carry on anyway. I've put off doing this for a few days, but it is something that I want to start talking about. Well, I don't want to start talking about it, and that's why I think I need to start talking about it. I'm in hospital at the moment on a persistent pain management program. Which is designed for people who are in chronic pain. Chronic pain is defined as something that is, that has continued for more than six months. Persistent pain is actually a physical condition where the pain persists even though the original event that caused the pain has stopped. And I'm learning this week that's something to do with the nervous system not firing properly and the brain. It's actually an illness in the nervous system and the brain where they are creating false signals, basically, but the effect of the pain is still there. You still experience the pain and it still feels really real. I'm here not so much because I've experienced chronic pain, but I'm kind of thinking that I've actually I'm actually not experiencing chronic pain because I've managed it. About 10 years ago, I went to see a gynecologist because I had prolapses from having four children, and I thought it was from having four children. But in actual fact, it turns out that the prolapses occurred because with my first child, I had a forceps delivery. And forceps are known to do some serious damage to the mother. I went into hospital and one of the procedures that they did to repair the prolapses was to use – what's called a pelvic mesh. Now, I don't know whether you've heard of it. It's been in the media a lot lately because about three or four months ago, a worldwide class action was held against the manufacturers of this pelvic mesh and the complainants won. So there was a massive payout by, I think it was Johnson & Johnson. Whoever it was, they were the manufacturers of this mesh that was used to repair one of the prolapses that I had. And the problem was that when these mesh meshes, meshes were used, when this mesh was used, they hadn't actually done much research on it. And the mesh started causing problems and going wrong pretty much immediately, which was what happened in my case. I actually had my operation only a couple of months before the mesh was banned in the U.S., but I didn't know any of this at the time. The mesh started to go wrong pretty much immediately, almost as soon as I'd had the operation. What began to happen was instead of staying flat and holding the prolapse in place like it was supposed to, the mesh started scrunching up. So it kind of concertina down and brought all the flesh with it because it's designed with the holes in it for the flesh to grow through it. So as it began to scrunch up, it brought everything down with it, and this was exacerbated by the fact that one of the wings on this mesh, it's kind of a triangular shape, was actually attached to the cervix, which meant that it brought the cervix down as well, and I started getting a lot of pain, and the mesh started fraying, and there were bits of it poking out, and it was quite uncomfortable and quite painful. I had two more operations over the following two years to try and get as much of the mesh removed as I could. But because the mesh had done its job well in that the flesh had grown through it and around it, they couldn't actually remove most of it. They removed some of it, most of the bits sticking out, but not all of it. I didn't think about it for a long time until about eight or nine months ago when my dad actually phoned me up and said, have you seen, I'm going to send you this article. On pelvic mesh. Is this what you have? I'm not sure what it was you had done in the operation, but just check it out. And sure enough, it was exactly what had happened to me. All of these women were really struggling with symptoms from this pelvic mesh, some of them to the point where women had committed suicide from the pain and their lives were basically over as they knew them because of the pain that they were in. I wasn't in anything like that. I've kind of handled it so that I'm not in constant pain, I avoid the things that I know cause me pain, and I just manage it. And I think I'm very, very lucky in that, in one, that I've managed to not think about the pain, and in two, that I've not been in that much pain in the first place. I went to see the gynecologist and learned so much from her. There's so much we don't know. I didn't know about all this stuff. For example, the pelvic floor is actually kind of like a hammock. It's not a solid muscle. It's lots of individual separate strings that are attached at the front of the pelvis to the front pelvic bone and at the back to your hip bones. And when you have a traumatic birth, and particularly when you have forceps deliveries, some parts of this muscle come away from the bone. And even today, we have no way of attaching these back to the bone. And it's one of the reasons that they're stopping or not recommending forceps deliveries is because of the damage that it does to this pelvic floor. What had happened in my case is some of the muscles had torn away from the bone on the left side of my pelvis and the right side was overcompensating for it. And the right side happens to be where I have most of the problems from the mesh. So what I'm discovering is that my pelvis is all clenched up and tense on the right-hand side to compensate for the left side not being in balance and to try and balance my body out. But as I'm learning this week, it's having major impact. My neck problems and my shoulder problems actually stem from the fact that I'm holding my hips in some bizarre position to try and protect myself and hold my pelvis in alignment. So it's affecting my neck and it's affecting my shoulders. It's really fascinating. One of the things the gynaecologist recommended was that uh, before I have my operation to remove the pelvic mesh, which she is going to do, I I need to go back a couple of steps here. When I went to see the gynaecologist, she agreed that it's probably best for the mesh to come out. However... The operation is going to be difficult enough that she doesn't want to do it by herself. So I've got my own gynecologist and another gynecologist who are going to be performing the operation. But one of the things she suggested was that I, even though I didn't feel that I needed it because I'm not in persistent pain, that I attend this persistent pain program that the Queensland government have set up. And I have to say, I've been in here this week and it's been one of the most eye-opening experiences that I've had in a very long time. It's fantastic. Every day we have a psychology session on something and we have a physical session on something. We've been learning about food and inflammation. We've done hydrotherapy. We even had pet therapy yesterday where somebody brought their dog in and we all sat around and chatted and played with this dog, which was really quite cool. And it's been interesting to discover the brain function behind pain and the neurological function. And both of my daughters have suffered from severe concussions. So I've had quite a bit of education in brain injuries and how little we know about brain injuries. And what's coming to light for me in this program is that we know absolutely nothing about the brain and the nervous system. We have no idea how it works. We have a basic idea how it works, but compared to what we know in the rest of physiology and medicine, it's nothing. We are com- working completely in the dark. We don't understand this at all. I'm in here with people, I'm the only one on this particular program that has problems with the pelvic mesh. Other people are in here with things like fibromyalgia or severe arthritis, migraines, somebody with stage four cancer, and she's had stage four cancer for nearly 10 years, and she's managing it and doing as well as she can. But it's very interesting that what the medical profession does, because we don't understand this, is it tends to deal with the pain, focuses on the pain rather than trying to deal with the cause because we just do not understand it. And this program is trying to bring a holistic approach to this. So all of the specialists, the physiotherapists, the exercise physiologists, the dietitian, the psychologists, all of them, they all try and work together to create a holistic program for each individual patient. And it's absolutely fantastic. So that's where I'm at at the moment, and I wanted to start to really share this journey so that I don't know if anybody is in persistent pain or if somebody else has the mesh or somebody else has prolapses, I just want to start talking about this kind of thing, mainly or partly because I don't really want to, because I don't like sharing the bad stuff with people. You know, our society is if you're upset or in pain or something, just go in the room over there and deal with it and come out when you feel a bit happier. We don't know how to deal with that kind of thing. And I think it's going to be beneficial for me, if nobody else. It's going to be beneficial for me if I start sharing this stuff. So that's what I wanted to do. And also, if somebody else is going through it, it's just great to hear that somebody else is going through it. And if just one person picks this up, that's great. But I've actually got a lot of opinions, for want of a better expression. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a neurologist. But having gone through two concussions, severe concussions with my daughter and watched the impacts of those and having had multiple concussions myself as a teenager and an adult because I ride horses, it's fascinating how we deal with it or how we try to ignore it because if we can't see an injury, we tend not to give it any value or any credence. If somebody says they're in pain, but we can't see why they're in pain or if the pain goes on for a very long time. We don't want anything to do with it. We, we say people are making it up. Then everybody in here has said that the biggest issue they have is when they have a migraine that lasts for six days or is repeated every few weeks or they can't work because they're in too much pain. After a while, people don't believe them. And people are saying to them, why don't you just get over it? It's all in your head. Just do something about it. Work through it. Keep going. Oh, just take some Panadol. And they feel completely invalidated and then they feel isolated. They start withdrawing from society and withdrawing from their family and friends because they just meet with denial. People don't want to accept what's going on. They don't want to hear it. They just want them to be better, which is fair enough. We want to help people, but there is this invalidation of people who are in chronic persistent pain, which is just fascinating. And I don't, it would be nice if that didn't continue. So that's it from me for now. I will be doing more probably awful sound quality podcasts while I'm here. And then over the next month, because when I'm in this program for two weeks and then I have a couple of weeks at home and then I have to go in to get the operation done about two weeks after I get out of here. And at that point, I will be out of physical action. I've told I'll need to rest up for at least six weeks. Which, if anybody knows me, six weeks of rest is not going to be that easy for me. So I'm going to share this journey of me getting really grumpy. I'm probably very depressed because I can't move or do anything. And I just thought I'd like to share that with the world. It'll be interesting to watch all the psychology as I'm going through it. And that was what I didn't say. The reason the gynae wanted me to come on this program is because I have memories of pain associated with having the mesh in, So, which just sounds that was not the best way to put that. But anyway, you know what I mean? I, I associate certain activities with pain. And what she wanted me to get out of this program was to break that pattern so that I know I can do certain things and it's not going to cause me pain because if I didn't, then even though I'd had the mesh out, it would be highly likely that I would still associate certain activities with pain and carry that through even though the mesh wasn't there. So it's about learning how the mind works and learning how to break the patterns. And so that is the main reason for me being here. But it's really, really fascinating. It's really made me think. So that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening. And I will be back on next week. I'll do at least one recording a week, even if I have to do over a couple of days, but I'll release one of these a week. And hopefully you enjoyed this. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood podcast. I'm Karen O'Connor. Join me next time for more conversation, laughter and fun as we navigate our way through all the things that midlife throws at us. Please click on the subscribe button so you get notifications of new episodes and don't forget that all the links and information that we've spoken about in this podcast is available on the podcast page of my website. If you have any ideas for topics you'd like us to chat about or if you have an inspiring story that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you and constructive feedback is always welcome. Thanks so much for listening. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next time. Bye for now.